welcome to episode 25 of Film Yarns. Sound of Metal is what we saw this week. It is a 2019 American drama film directed and co-written by Darius Marder. It stars Riz Ahmed as a metal drummer who loses his hearing and also features Olivia Cook, Paul Raichi, Lauren Ridloff and Matthew Almerich, who is the dad. Um... It won a platform. Sorry, it what? Sorry, it won. <laughs> Get it together. I know. Okay, among its accolades were six nominations at the ninety third Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor for Ahmed, Best Supporting Actor for Rachi, Best Sound, and Best Film Editing, winning only the latter two. So it was nominated for the others. Mm. What did it lose to? Do you know? For which for which one? Best uh, so uh it lost in best supporting actor, best act do you wanna check best actor or best original screenplay? Best original screenplay. Oh I gotta go to okay, I've got to click differently. Um uh ninety third Academy Awards. Okay, here we go. Which category are we in? Ah, it's not reading the actual award. That's the problem. Oh, oh okay. Well, I guess Best so. original it's... screenplay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Promising Young Woman. Oh, okay. Have you seen that? I haven't, but it was it was life. really big. I saw a lot of people memeing it as like the female Joker. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Promising. Uh, I think it was meant obviously meant to be an insult. I don't know. It, it, people, it, some people thought it was very popular. Some people thought it was that whole like. Um, oh, this like really a, says a lot about society. Kind is it of like <laughs> in a feminist way or? Uh, what do you mean? The like the meme like the film and uh, was it like a kind of feminist take on the Joker or I I, I just um I think it was just the same sort of character where it's just like uh, this disaffected sort of atomized individual he doesn't have any help doesn't have anyone to support them just goes around killing people I think okay. I might be interesting I might that might be totally wrong but uh, hey yeah it was very popular who knows. I, yeah. I know, I haven't watched it myself, but a few friends that I've spoken to were like, oh, Sound of Metal got robbed by Promising Young Woman. Ah, uh, okay. So, well, I would, I'll, I'll also just try and find who the best actor winner was, um, because I thought Riz was pretty fucking good in this. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Who would have thought from Rogue One to this? <laughs> All right, now I understand better how the list works. So it lost to Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't, but I like... Um, is it Emily Coleman? No. But, Olivia um, Coleman. From, is that the girl Olivia from Coleman. Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's good. Um, yeah, she, I, so I saw, I, yeah, she's awesome. I saw her in the like, just, just movie based- and I was like, oh, that could be good. Yeah, I mean, like, just based on those two actors, I can imagine it was pretty good. Okay. I think I think it's sort of a similar thing in that, like, I think it's just about a portrayal of sort of uh, neurodegenerative disease and how it affects the relationship between a, 
a parent and a child. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. That, oh, my mum would probably enjoy that. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, more in relation to her mum, not not me to her, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just mean, I guess there'll be yeah, a, right. lot of, a lot of well, like, the two no, things, I mean, right? the father and the notebook. I mean, there will be a lot of like people our parents' age that could relate to the film. I guess is what I'm saying. Whereas for us, maybe we we're not oh, quite old yeah. enough I, to have I'm like parents in general um, that have like too many problems yet. <laughs> Like I guess I, I don't know our parents yeah, are around yeah, like sixty, yeah. Luckily, early sixties not... or late fifties for, for people our age, on average, roughly. Obviously, yeah. people's parents. Yeah, ages yeah. Do I mean, that is how old my parents are. So yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, lucky that we don't have any parents that have to deal with some serious, you know, uh, illnesses or diseases or whatever. Yet. <laughs> but yeah, the future is, yeah, is yeah, grim. Exactly, yeah. I feel like um, yeah, the future is grim for people like <laughs> around thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah lucky they'll be dead soon enough they won't have to deal with the world they left behind <laughs> <laughs> the boomer remover remember when people were calling covid that when it first came out oh uh, yeah that's uh <laughs> that's cold that's cold as fuck like, uh, that's such a hot take <laughs> yeah it's like what happened what happened to that there were heaps of like anti-boomer shit and all of a sudden it was just like nah that's off for a, for a brief moment i think boomer became like they, someone tried to make it like a really rude slur someone mm. i think someone tried to be outraged about that i don't know i thought it was just funny <laughs> it's just like classic kind of doomer sort of thing to say yeah, to make it yeah, like a polarized just, um, us versus them, doomers versus boomers, sort of, because they're like such like yeah, anti cultures. I, yeah, certainly. I, I guess like uh, boomers, you know, their lives were all promise. Everything's good. Everything was cheap, to a certain degree. Uh, doomers, pretty pretty dark world out there. <laughs> but it's it, it's it certainly like simplifies an extremely complex situation. So I guess that's why people like it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the, to say to to say boomer remover or to have those two groups like the those no two... to say like boomer remover like it's good that boomers should die like because just like well yeah I know tons of old dickheads sure like of course you're totally right but like to say <laughs> that these people should die like just a general generation of people like what is that gonna solve fucking nothing <laughs> I gotta say though like someone. Uh, Eliza's little brother called me a millennial the other day. It was just like, that's such <laughs> a millennial, millennial thing to say. Because I saw a cat and I was like, oh, that, that cat is such a chunker. And he just turned around. He was like, that's such a millennial thing to say. I was like, damn, man, fuck, you're wow. out. <laughs> Explain. I don't know, but like, I, I don't know what it is. It was just like language that he thought like, and How I'm old a millennial, is he? so he is right. Uh, 19. I just want him to explain it. I, I want to know the characteristic that like he's describing with that normally no i just mean <laughs> I, I, I can understand most criticism or not criticism just like that statement towards a lot of things like that millennials or, or a certain generation would say i just don't get that one but i want to no it, i think it's just the way that people speak about animals you know like i hate some millennial shit as well like when people use the term adulting like you are a fucking adult everything you do is an adult you idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible term you're, I, you're fucking like say... either like late 20s or early 30s you need to realize that you're an adult i've never heard anyone say 
I've never never heard anyone I actually know say that, but yeah, I've read. No, people, I see I've it on the internet. Pe- internet see, yeah. people say it all the time, and it's just like, yeah, fuck. yeah. We have to assume well, I don't those know if people they're real. are not bots. I don't know. Yeah, millennial <laughs> bots. <laughs> okay, yeah. do the intro. Do the intro, bro. I think I did it. I like, fucked it up because I was dyslexic for like a moment because <laughs> I smoked too much <laughs> no I, d- I did the intro I think do you want me to continue the I intro I don't think yeah I don't think that you told us uh, what the film's about yeah I feel like it really drags on if I read the whole plot that's all I feel like okay, your, yeah. your quick summaries no, no. Are, tend to be pretty on point anyway if you want to just okay. do that and I'll yeah, just yeah. add to it okay sure um, so Sound of Metal uh film about uh, a man who plays drums in a two-piece, two-piece metal band or like a hardcore punk band hmm. something like that doesn't really matter i guess yeah um who uh starts to lose his hearing quite quickly um and uh has to make a decision whether or not to save up money enough to get an operation to return his hearing through some sort of um I don't know what you'd call it, like uh, intracranial uh, audio in, device. I don't know what implants. Yeah, you've got cochlear implants. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, or uh, sort of um, uh, enter into the life of someone who is deaf. Uh, like uh, come to appreciate what that might be, um, and you know to make it harder. He's an ex-addict struggling to still remain clean, and he's also his relationship with his bandmate is also a relationship with his partner. And these two things, you know, like without the band, it sort of seems like they grow distant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a sort of maybe three general tensions or like threads that are pulled in this film. Um, we don't need to do like spoiler alert or anything like that, do we? No, it came out in 2019. If you haven't seen it now, you don't want yeah, to see it. Yeah, cool. I just, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't sure if people do that or not, like in this sort of media for older films. But I guess not oh, really. Yeah. I mean, go for it. If you want to say spoiler alert, say, hey, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, stop this now. Go watch the film and then start it again. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, spoiler alert now. Go watch it. Yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> now you are back from that. <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully you've watched the film. I was trying to... But, oh, yeah, I guess... I mean, we can we can go through the remainder of the plot, but I would just say from there, yeah, so he joins the deaf community and um, he, he kind of goes into, like, his old self a little bit because he, like... Well, he, you know, he has a plan the whole time to... You know, he kind of is using them a little bit. Like, you see him having fun. It kind of has that, like, typical montage section of a film where everything speeds up and... You know, it's him, like, making progress, mm. learning in the, the sign language and, like, starting to make friends and having fun with the um the teacher and stuff. Like, it kind of looks like there might be a love interest and then he's kind of, like, nut them out, like, got my implants, let's go back. <laughs> he just wants to go straight mm. back to gigging again, like, meets up with Lou, uh, what, in France or something? And then... Yeah, France. Um, yeah. And then she's like, wait, have I missed anything? Should I... Uh, I mean, like, there's big chunks, yeah, but we'll, I think we'll you just want to give it a yeah, quick overview. Then, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, he um goes back to France. She doesn't, you know, she thinks he's an idiot for wanting to, like, go back. She's kind of moved on in her life, so she doesn't want to get back to gigging. Mm. And then he finally has his, like, moment of, of peace uh, when he rediscovers silence after having the 
really like nasty sounding cochlear implants um mm. kind of shock him back into listening and then he realizes our oh, sound isn't that great and he gets the message of the whole deaf community thing and how they don't consider deafness as a handicap mm. yeah yeah i think i think that's right i think um i think it's a quite i mean the film is good in that respect like i think the, f the first thing and the major thing is that like once your hearing goes like your hearing goes even if you get like a, a super expensive cochlear implant like he did it's you know it's not even a shadow of what it was hmm. uh, it's a digital approximation that sort of sounds like maybe you're picking up radio signals and well, stuff like that like, that's the main the this is the main point of the film for me is that like um and i was speaking to someone from work about this yesterday um they did the sound design really well for like, you know, saying oh to to make the sound seem bad um, and annoying. Mm. You you understand mm. uh, Ruben's sort of, you know, unease when he has the implants and like listens to it for the first time and it's like really loud and distorted and there's all this digital aliasing noise and all that. But um, I feel like uh, I don't like maybe they had to kind of take some. Uh, creative liberty there and like really exemplify how annoying or bad the sound would be with cochlear implants for the purpose of the story so that he can have that like repulsion to it and then go back to not like switching them off but I, who actually yeah. I was trying to research before we started the pod who knows what it actually does sound like or what the sensation is of having you know what I mean because yeah. they probably just guess they probably yeah. don't no one yeah. probably knows because like how would you, you know, translate Yeah, I mean, that? like, I'm sure they perhaps met some people who did have the cochlear implant. Who knows? Like, they could have... It might be an approximation as well. Like, that's entirely possible. I guess but, what um, you, if someone was, like, I mean, an the, audio yeah. engineer um, who went deaf, fully mm. deaf, and then had the implants, only that type of person could describe, like, because it's they already have the memory of what's, like, to do with sound, to makes what makes sound you know, how to do different mm. things with sound. If they went deaf and got the implants, then they could describe, like, they could tell the writers, like, oh, you know, it sounds like uh, it's being put through an 8-bit filter with a low-pass filter at 100 hertz and um, yeah. and there's, like, this percentage of aliasing noise. Like, they could actually describe to them. Yeah. But it maybe they, you know, who knows if they actually got that information because it would be quite hard to get. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think also, like, perhaps um, instead of uh, quantifying it, they could call it, like, it could be, uh, like, phenomenological explanations. Like, people who have these implants could be saying, like, oh, you know, it kind of sounds like that, it kind of sounds like this, and they just worked on it that way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it might not be that it's um, true to the exact sound of it, but that, like, um, and, uh, the sort of expressive relationship between it is, like, oh, it sounds like this, and it sounds like, you know, intercepting different noises and fluctuating yeah. uh sounds yeah yeah because so, i was thinking yeah, and that's it. like i i hope you know it kind of made me think like i hope that the actual experience in in reality like it's fine if you know this in the film they do even if it's not truly like that bad at all it's yeah. fine if they do that yeah. for the purpose of the story but i actually wonder in reality if it like if it like surely the technology wouldn't be that bad that it gets like radio interference and and like all the kind of volume spikes and like I bet it would actually not be that bad. Well, yeah, I I, I I'm sure that's the case. I think for what I was thinking when I was watching the film is that like ten grand is probably like the lowest level 
uh, that you could probably like enter into for that sort of surgery. I think he so. He probably grand? like forty grand. Was I think it? it was. I think he needed forty, and he got because he got twenty six for the um the RV. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and right. Yeah. So that would for, have been, okay, forty I mean, grand. Like, you know, the mixer I mean, and yeah, it was probably like a thousand dollar mixer or something. And I, <laughs> getting really precise, but it looked like he was forty yeah, was the lowest yeah, that okay. the doctor said. But even then, I was thinking yeah. like, yeah, you wouldn't want to get like the bottom tier fucking cochlear implants. Yeah, Maybe they would be janky that's... like that. I think you know, like I think what the film may have been trying to do, or at least this is my interpretation, is sort of um, be realistic. With um, or even like show the sort of damning side of that industry, which is like selling hope to people, because yeah, they yeah. say, "Oh, you're here, you'll be straight right back to normal. You'll be able to hear, like, you'll be an X man. You know, you'll have like hearing powers or whatever." Um, and I think that was the major aspect for me. Like, it was that real, um, yeah, shot to the heart of yeah, being like, "Oh, I can, can't return." Yeah. The, the the medical like industry will sell you a surgery. Like, I'm, you know, I've experienced it firsthand. Like. There's definitely a say, mm. like, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, just have surgery, like, money. Mm. You know, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. So, the like, bottom fucking cochlear implants, like, or, like, the cheapest version of that surgery. Yeah, I mean, we, we really don't know grand, what we're talking still... about with this, but I assume that, there, you know, if there was a range from, like, 40 grand to 100 grand, there would be a yeah. lot of difference in quality. Which I... I'm sure that that is the case. Like, I, I, I wouldn't put it past the medical community or at least, like, the medical technolo- technology community to have that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think also... I think it sort of paints the medical technological um, institution or industry as um, not really caring too much about the people that they do these things to. It's just like, oh, you're a machine. Part of the machinery is broken. This will fix the machine there is no promise that it will return to whatever it was, but technically you will have your hearing back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah there's like, a really and good that's true. He did message. have his hearing back, but it was totally different. There's a good core message of the film. Sorry? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there's a good core message of like, you know, he, he has a problem. He can't hear. And there's a, like, mm. you know, the holistic, um, there's the holistic remedy. And then there's the, uh, like traditional medical not traditional sorry the modern mm. medical remedy so like there's a surgery yeah. or there's joining the um the church group or the, deaf the community yeah the, the yeah. community and obviously like that proves to be the winning solution it just requires mm. like i guess more effort on his part more of like you know it's just the, the message of the film there is like if you're faced with a problem in your life like don't be afraid to kind of change who you are or like your entire kind of way of being to to fix that problem rather than wanting to like maybe it's a sign that you need to change something in your life rather than just being like i need to continue doing what i'm doing i'll get the mechanical fix and then keep on yeah i mean i guess so uh, he was an addict before I mean, maybe, like, it, it depends what you think about, like, addiction, but, like, you know, once an addict, always an addict in that sort of sense. Uh, ever, you're always trying to, like, you're always in recovery. Um, I think, yeah, that's, like... But he sort I of mean, has to... That term can be thrown away around pretty aggressively, but I, I guess, like, if you were an ex, like, heroin addict or some other, like, pretty hard drug like that, 
it would just it would be hard to build up trust with yourself. So you would have to just be like always, you know, like you couldn't have like a drink. I get how people like just can't have any drugs at all if they're ex yeah. like heroin addict. Well, even ex alcoholics just like no, I can't even start it. Like can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like hard to. You know what I mean? Like anybody, like, like yeah. I, and I think um, I think the thing is right. Uh, Ruben's sort of given two choices, and one is sort of a revolutionary choice um, because these things happen to him. Regardless of like whether or not the medical industry can uh, resolve this problem, this thing has happened. He is he has gone deaf, like rapid li- uh, hearing loss, and uh, it's, it's sort of a revolutionary point that he can take. But obviously, it's not going to come through like a decision. It's going to come through like absolutely bottoming out. So like selling all your stuff, meeting your partner who has moved on, you know, and realizing that you the decision's already made there as well. And so, you know, he has to, that, that revolution has to occur where he enters into this um, this new community, mm. you know? Like, like um, for me, I think the really defining scene of the entire film was everyone was at the dinner table in the uh, rehabilitation deaf community and um, the scene cut and it came, uh, it was a different angle shot of the dinner table and you could just hear like the sounds of, the, the, nice the like cutlery on the plates yeah, yeah. and yeah and it, people were signing and like you know they're having a good time but it was just like such a such a crazy moment where it's like, <laughs> oh, all this stuff is happening this is such a like a powerful energetic erratic moment everyone's like just you know like everyone's yarning across the dinner table but there's absolutely no just, sound yeah it cuts to just like ching 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, that, that was really well yeah. done <laughs> I think that was like, I think that was amazing like um. I think a lot, yeah, I think a lot of that, like, because, you know, obviously, was there, like... What, what was the, the sound? Was there music playing or something while they were, like, having the good time, like, the, when, just before that transition? I think I, I think it was, like, a Ruben's subjective shot, and you could hear, like, a... Or, like, a do, like that sound of him being deaf. I think with all the people sort of signing like dull... and having fun. And then it went yeah. to silence with the, the, with the chinking of yeah. the color. Like, the yeah, then it became, like, a, a quote-unquote objective shot. You know, yeah. taken back, not from anyone's perspective. Yeah, that was, um, that was pretty cool. Amazing, yeah, I thought. And, like, I think I think also, right, like, it's it's no sort of... Um, there's no question around how people treat people with disabilities, you know. So, like, I think the other thing is that, like, he's like, no, I can't be part of this community who's obviously, like, marginalised. Like, I don't want to be... Um, I don't want this problem because it's going to change my life completely. What? You know, they live in a van. They just go around playing, um, you know, hardcore shows all around the country. This this will stop that completely. Yeah. But that's not true at all. Like there are there are there are um, hearing impaired bands all across. You know, he could can, he could do it, but yeah, obviously, like it was just the thing that changed everything, right? Like he lost it all, but he found this new place. Yeah, and, and like he would reflect back and think of like how going deaf would probably be have been like one of the best things that happened to him yeah well i mean like, like for he, the change that it had on his life yeah he lost um you know his sort of and i this is this is like i think it shouldn't be understated how hard it would be for this to for this to happen to somebody or how hard it would be to go through this but that like he lost this one person to be ushered into sort of a group like an organized group of like 
his peers and people who are there to support him, and also children that he like he has to sort of show uh, that there is a life going forward. You know, like this isn't the end. You're not stuck. You know, like because the outside world can certainly make it seem like if you're deaf, you know, you're fucked for life, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It would there's be, tons yeah. of shit out there that just mm, like I guess wanting to be independent, like, um, well, like say you you're deaf and you reach an age where you kind of realize like oh, I'll never be independent. That would be like mm. kind of a sad thought. Yeah, and well, I guess the other thing is it's not necessarily like that. Uh, you're worried about your independence, but you're worried about your relationships because, like, you being deaf doesn't necessarily mean that your circle of friends will learn sign language. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you'll either have to learn... You'll It's all on you, you know? So, like, what this community shows and what I think, like, is happening in the world, largely, pretty slowly, is that, like, it's been more recognised that it's all of our duty to be able to communicate together properly, um, you know? Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, yeah, it would be, it's kind of a tricky one because it's like, say, say, you know, like someone in our like friendship group just was now deaf as of like tomorrow. Mm. Um, mm. But then, you know, in a few years time, like we, like if you're at a party with the the friendship group that knows him, but then like, you know, like hundreds of other people that are don't have a deaf friend. It would be so like such a, a weird situation where like say like the friendship group our friendship group maybe like you know mm. learns a bit of signing and stuff and like because mm. it would affect us like because I don't, I don't actually I've I've had like friends with deaf siblings and stuff but I haven't had a a deaf friend but mm. then like you at the party with like other people and stuff it would be if they're not familiar with that it would be kind of weird where you're just like trying to interact in a, like a social setting but you don't want yeah, to have, I agree. you don't want to have it so that like only deaf people can be in a community and only non-deaf no, or non-disabled obviously pay. yeah yeah i mean like i i think that you're right like that would be a hard situation and i think that the deaf community is because they're also um it's also a rehab you know like it's also like a support house yeah. So they kind of have to be out, you know what I mean? Like you need to sort of be away from yeah, yeah, those yeah. temptations or situations that could cause you to relapse. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like a life-changing event, like losing your hearing permanently, would probably do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right with the party thing, and I think it's hard. But I think you know, like it's probably it's probably important to emphasize the need for everybody to like. Um, I, I think it'd be probably a good idea to have like. We'll put uh, it this way: like sign language. instead of like learning fucking one percent of a few random um, spoken languages in primary school and high school, I feel like it would have been so much more useful to learn sign language and probably yeah, easier yeah, and I more agree. enjoyable. Like than learning, you know, like a few words of French, a few words of Italian that you learn from fucking watching movies and stuff anyway. Mm, yeah, yeah, or like, yeah, reading books or yeah. whatever, you know, like Italian or like French thinkers or whatever, they always have some French shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree, and I think um, also it sort of helps um, to recognize these people as like part of the community. They're not just like uh, an aberration or an anomaly or whatever. So uh, you don't work properly, or, yeah, so like you have to be over there. Yeah, like a bit, exactly. That's what yeah, I was going to so say think, about like, yeah, like, in your friendship group, like, you wouldn't want this person, you would, like, 
Ruben kind of feels like, oh, these, you know, these deaf losers are going to be a burden. Like, he's not in such mm-hmm. harsh terms, but when he's like not, not really getting on and just wants to leave, you know, mm-hmm. he's just like, I don't want these people burdening me. That's before he kind of realizes like, oh, like, you know, a community or a friendship group is, is not a burden at all, no matter like how different yeah. or whatever, I guess. Sometimes yeah, you think of your family as a burden, point. you know, like if they're, you know, if you're not getting on with them, especially if you live with them. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I think, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be part of a group. It always is. Like the group is a hard situation to be in because you have to sacrifice some part of your own, I don't know, enjoyment or will or whatever it might be to the group. Yeah, because um, it's a, well, I mean, it's a, like a relation, like a give and take relationship, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that in that sense, then like, it would be even better if, uh, everybody took on that burden, you know, for the small, for the, like, it's not like an insignificant number of people that deal with these sorts of things or like disabilities in general, you know, it's, it's quite a big percentage, but like the world is made for people who are like able-bodied and can hear and see and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it would be a lot easier to, um, it would be easy to make these sort of adjustments so that other people could find like walking around the city so much easier or even like safe instead of feeling like I can't even leave my house because this, you know, I could walk out and, um, I don't know, get hit by a car because I'm looking the wrong way and I can't hear, or, uh, you know, anything yeah, for like sure. that. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. like a, a, a prime example is like, um, like Son always hates it when there's no warning, like, like there's so many movies that use this like crazy strobe lighting effects. And like you know how like yeah. PlayStation gives you a warning when you turn it on. It's just yeah. like all games, be careful. Like, but people with epilepsy don't really play video games, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, yeah like obviously because I have epilepsy. <laughs> yeah, like some random um, uh, action action movies. Like, and that's why I I think it's made me more against like Nolan heavy handed stuff because like the ultimate mm. like heavy handed special effects that you see in like you know. Marvel movies and and kind of like mm-hmm. the big blockbuster action and like eighties films like um, Schwarzenegger films and stuff like that. It's just like strobe effect, like loud yeah. music, and it's just like just <laughs> this is the easiest yeah. way to try and like blast someone's senses like into enjoying a film that isn't actually very good. Yeah, exactly. It's like a it's an override uh, overdrive. I mean, like it's excessive. And um, it's just yeah, like those yeah. warning; those films should have a warning in the intro. Like, <laughs> yes, we mm. abused the strobe effect in this one. Yeah. There was lots yeah, of exactly, fucking yeah. underground car park scenes. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I, it, it's interesting that they don't put those warnings on there as well. Perhaps they think that um, the action movie fan is generally like yeah, maybe it's just assumed. Probably it's just like if it's an action yeah. film, well, I think assume it, strobing. Yeah, well, I also think that, like, and I think this is true of probably all directors or all producers or whatever, is that they have a target audience in mind. So, like, perhaps the audio, like the perhaps the directors of action films are just like, no, these are for a certain group of people and they don't, they're not disabled or they don't suffer from any sort of um, problems that we might um, activate or I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, like. But, um,. Yeah, I don't know. What else, what else did you think about Sound of Metal? Um, well, we've covered the plot for the most part. Um, we talked about, like, Ruben's point of view quite a bit. 
you know, I knew I knew he was an ex addict. Um, I knew he was he, he something was going on when they showed the scene of him waking up and getting the green juice and all the food and uh, doing push ups yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Straight up, <laughs> even before they start, sort of like. Um, even before that information was released, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what that is because that's someone who's like, I've got to do some other shit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you have, it's uh, like, because they're so absolutist, it's like either you're unhealthy addict and nothing matters. So, like, you know, you, you eat shit, you don't exercise, or you're like ultimate, mm. like, health exercise, mm. um, you know, no drink, no drugs, like, no smoking. They can't. They yeah. can't do things. They they understand themselves that they can't live in moderation. Like some people are fine, you know, drink a little bit of alcohol, not too much. Like, yeah, recreationally. Yeah, I think it's called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, there's a lot of interesting little bits like that because, yeah, I think the logic of addiction is sort of a little bit like, um, you know. The, the, the logic of um, accumulation or like capitalism or something like that in that like um, the addict is constantly thinking like this is the thing that will make me full you know like this is the this next hit or this next drink or whatever is going to be the one that fulfills whatever the promise of that first one was you know what I mean yeah, yeah but like, like obviously this will, yeah this that will, doesn't like <laughs> I, I feel like the kind of the psychological growth of addiction is kind of like you have the drug the first time and you know you get some sort of high this is fun blah blah and then like pretty much every other time after that is just like i need something to just like relieve the pain of not being like there like that becomes mm. normal and then it's like you have mm. to like you you know you you the, your pain kind of not pain but just like oh i'm not high I need mm. it to just like <laughs> soothe yeah, is, me from it is, myself. It is pain. It is suffering. Um, I mean, even if you're like smoking weed tons, you'll hear people be like, oh, I just need this to get me normal. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? It's not like. It's not. In, instead of getting high, like away from whatever the normal sobriety yeah, neutral is, point, I guess you might want to You're getting back it. to neutral with the drug. And yeah. then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah, being in exactly, credit card yeah. debt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and just like in credit card debt, you know, like this this was sold to you by someone who had your worst interests at heart. <laughs> Mate, that's such um, a good analogy. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Because <laughs> like if, oh, you're, yeah, if you're the opposite, if you're like cashed up, no, no debt, no credit card debt, then and you want to buy something, like you kind of get high from buying the thing and yeah, your money goes down a bit, but like... It's not like you're paying back debt to get back to say normal is just no money in savings, no money in debt. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, like um, the like buying something, whether it be like a I don't know a banana or a Coca Cola or a PlayStation, is sort of like you fantasize that this is the thing that's going to fix everything. You know, like whether it be you know, your hunger, I eat the banana, I'm full for life. Or the drink the Coke, like, <laughs> this is the perfect, most refreshing Coke, like, um, and as soon as it's over, or as soon as you have it, you're just like, fuck, that actually isn't the right Coca-Cola. <laughs> I want the, the next oh, one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Or, like guitars like, as well. I think, it's like, when I have, as soon as I get yeah, the yeah. Les Paul, then I'm done. Like, that's all I'll need. I'll have the perfect yeah. sound. You get it, right, and you're like, a, oh, maybe I would just need uh, that as well. Yeah, look at that. And then... 
yeah, yeah the exactly. cycle uh, continues. Gear addiction and tone perfectionism go hand in hand. Love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I think the same would be for addiction in that like there's sort of an event horizon and every time you get to that point where you're like, yeah, this is it, it's actually, there's like a gap. It's like, you know, have you ever been to a beach that sort of has like a shelf and you have like the, sea, the sand and you go in and all of a sudden there's this huge fucking like cliff? In, under the water. There's a few down south. Oh. Yeah, 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 underwater. Yeah. There's a few down yeah, south that I've mean. been to where there's just like a huge drop off and it might be like two meters, not that big. Yeah. But, like, it's that kind of thing. Like, you're like, oh, I'm just going to be going swimming. I'm going to get to that point over there. No, like, you just keep on dropping. You, know? you have to start again. Like, so it's a, it's a bit like that, you know. Like, you'll, the, the, the point that you want to get to, you see. But every time you try to get to it, it falls, falls away from it. You're never actually going to get there because it's beyond any point of actually, like, um, attainment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think about... Um, about the rehab facility, about the community. What um, do you think about that? There's some good, some good, good, good relationships going on in there. Yeah, I think it was. Um, what can I say? I mean, um, what was the the main guy's name? The older guy. Um, okay, Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul Rachi as Joe. <laughs> Sorry. Joe. Joe was awesome, I thought. Um, as yeah, he was a, a hard ass. Yeah, hard ass, but then he gets like real teary when he has to tell him to leave because, like, you know that he's, mm. you know, it hurts him to do it, but like, mm. his. Yeah, that, kind was, of a, that was a strong performance. With, yeah, his like past experiences with addiction have made him like, he knows that when he has to do something, he has to do it because the alternative mm. is worse. Like, and he can't have someone like, I guess, um, uh, muddying up his sanctuary, so to speak, like really yeah, being, I mean, bringing some sort of like you know just bringing that kind of contamination to um, what he has mm. set up. It has it's like based on a very like you know strict set of kind of uh, um, like interactive criteria for for each person. Yeah, yeah, there are there are formal rules to be in there. Certainly, I think. Um, and I think that like, if he were to continue on his way of being like, actually, no, you can escape this. Like, this is a problem that can be solved, not your life. You know, people might not be so, you know, amendable or ameliorated by the idea of accepting their um, new circumstances. Mm. You know, like, um, or that they'll, like, internalize or take on this sort of, oh, you know, I'm broken or there's something wrong with me, like... You know, and I think, yeah, I think Paul, with Joe, sorry, um, I think, yeah, that, that, that performance was crazy. Like, uh, even, you know, when he was like, oh, I just want you to sit down and not, li- like, you know, just sit in silence and write something, right? I thought I found that quite um, stirring as well. Like, it was quite hard to just sit there and write something, honestly, because you're obviously going to write anything but the thing you're thinking about. Yeah. I love. It's you know I mean? <laughs> another great scene where he just mashes the donut. Like, <laughs> like you see, you kind of like, oh, is he gonna do it? Like, is he gonna finally chill out and just like, do you no, know? So many people need that and can't do it. Like, so many people would react like Ruben does in that situation. Mm. Like, if they've never just chilled, just like mm. meditated and relaxed. Like, people go through like you know most of their life not taking like a breath like that. And it's so funny yeah, when he just think... mashes the donut, man, and puts it back together and mashes it again. <laughs> I loved it. He just fucks it up, yeah. 
Um, I think the other thing about that is it's interesting because like, so so the sort of the, situa- the solution was like you've got to go and you've got to sit there and you've kind of got to take your time and if you want to write you can but if you don't you don't have to. If you don't want to you don't have to. But he's kind of He's looking for this way to sort of explode, right? He's like, no, it's like I an get exorcism. Shit off my chest. Yeah, he, he's confronting a demon, yeah. and it's just like, fuck. And he's like, part of him wants to do it, but that demon is just like, no, you're not fucking having a moment. Like, I'll control mm. you. And the other, I guess, the other thing is like, like how how do you get this out of you? You know, like how do you get this? Because it's a bad situation, you know. Like, you don't really think that you're gonna lose your hearing, and if you do. You, it's, this is kind of like that fallacy or myth or whatever that like you know you'll be 80 or some shit by the time you need hearing aids yeah um and so like you know what do you do with that information when someone just tells you well uh uh you, you can't hear anymore you know like what are you supposed to write what are you supposed to do like you, you feel like you're sort of trapped right like what you the feel, fuck yeah, this guy's you, telling me to just sit here you feel really ripped off i guess like sorry for yourself mm. and just like oh it's just so unfair Mm, yeah, and I think, I think the other thing I was thinking about when he did get the surgery, and you know, you had the the, I don't know, it would have been like twenty minutes or half an hour, I think, maybe with the um, cochlear implant, sort of weird sounds. How much information there is going on in sound, you know, like like how much is going on going on in the world around you, and how like. Um, how I don't know, advanced or important the technology of ears seems to be because mm. obviously you only hear important information most of the time. Like obviously you hear like alarms or explosions or something, and that's out of the blue. Usually, hopefully, usually. I mean, obviously, yeah. Anyway, uh, but like with that, there was just like information and interference coming in all the time. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I can kind of relate to it a lot, I guess, because um, you know, from you know Perth being like a quiet city. We've kind of mm. grown up on pretty quiet streets and whatnot, like uh, not too close to the actual CBD or anything like that, like nice, mm. you know, suburban residential areas like um, Napier Street House was like pretty damn quiet street and I don't mm. know where else you've lived as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's always London, been suburban sort of. Well, like being on Son's house here on a busy road, like really busy road, man. So like at, you know, 6 a.m. I'll run outside to, I'm going for my morning run with Eva and it, like some mm. mornings at 6 a.m. we'll just be like fucking honks and sirens and you know like 50 really? cars and yeah yeah and it's just like Jeez. because people have really um thick windows here so the sound isn't so like it's not really a bother inside the house um you know you can mm. you could chill and you can get your peace but you step outside and it really assaults you at that time of morning and you you, def- you definitely start to notice i know because i've had the contrasts like so much in my life how how much you do need proper silence like as a way to properly relax because we'll we'll sometimes run like right to the middle of a massive park like the size of king's park and if it's mm-hmm. not like a sunday morning you can hear you know like a, a whir of traffic noise of like the motorway maybe like five or ten k's away like it's just that kind of like like but it's mm. constantly there and and i'm yeah, having just, like just spent heaps of time down noise. south yeah like in proper country or like in the mm. desert and stuff and you experience proper like you can't hear any other noise mm. and it's so relaxing like to wake up to that um there's such a difference and you realize how like it does it, it must really be bad for people that live in like heavily populated areas especially with 
Oh yeah, I mean, like noise pollution is a serious problem, right? And I think um, I think what you're saying is interesting, like that it's relaxing going, you know, down south in the bush or whatever, or going to a desert or something like that, where just not <clears> to have <throat> the background drone. It's just because yeah. it's a drone that is constant. Mm. Like speaking, like more technically about the sound, I guess, like it's the fact that there aren't any gaps. Like it is a constant. Mm you know, in harmonic drone, even if you had a nice sounding, like a major chord drone, that would get fucking annoying mm. after a while. But like, mm. this is also, sure. you know, a dissonant thing. Anyway, uh, sorry. I, I totally agree. But what I was going to say is like, if we push it even further into like one of those hyperbaric chambers where there is no noise, that sounds like fucking torture. Because the things I've heard about that, like people, you know, they hear their organs and they hear like I don't know about that man yeah I think that's chalked up because I've spent a lot of time in one in an anechoic chamber um because I got to anechoic chamber yeah I did um like parts of my um uni thesis in one for like doing Mm. some recordings and stuff and I spent Mm. like a few hours in there on my own and stuff you know like setting up and and everything and it was it's chill like it's it's really chill maybe Maybe if you slept there it could be a bit too silent but Mm. It's... Maybe this was for the for the for the premises of a particular test. They tried to make it as like soundless as possible. But maybe I don't know. I'm just weird and I I have like a fetish <laughs> with, like extreme silence and like no reverb because it's an odd experience. Like when you clap in mm. there and it's just like you clap as hard as you can and it just sounds like really yeah. That's that's pretty crazy as well. Like I didn't. You realize how much what's re- it called? Like, what's reverb, it called? An anti... anechoic chamber. Anechoic it makes color. you realize how much um, <laughs> re- <have> reverb <laughs> adds to the volume of a sound in a room. Even mm. if it doesn't sound like reverb, it just mm. you notice how quiet things are with no reverb at all, which is just like yeah. the point source of the sound going past your ears once, you know? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, like even if you think of stuff like noise music, where they use like feedback loops so much to just create the texture of the music, mm. that's the same sort of thing, just around and around and around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about the film is like, I really, I really like the texture of the voices of people, and I think that would be a really huge problem for me getting that, like, having that removed. You know what I mean? Like, there's something very personal about because if you listen to about your own voice, voice, yeah. Hmm. If you listen to someone's voice, it, even you hearing me now, like, obviously, like, but if you listen to someone's voice recorded digitally. You hear it back, you're like, oh, that's kind of gross. Depending on the technology, really. If it's like a phone thing, not so good. If it's like a proper piece of equipment, maybe it's better. But like, yeah, there's, there's something about the, I don't know, timbre of the voice, the, mm. the texture of it, that is very personal to each person. Yeah. Obviously, it's personal, but like there is, it's not just... It's, yeah, it's very connected to their entire personality, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because... The way they think they sound is obviously different to the way they actually sound, but the way I think they sound is different to the way they probably actually sound as well, right? There's no objective sound between the two of us. Yeah, like, yeah. I've always thought well, about there this. Is, like if I'm editing the is. podcast and, you know, like ha- like hating my own voice or something and I, I remind myself mm. of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, well, even like, you know, there's... There's like a there's an angry voice and there's a porny voice and there's a there's all you know there's a nerd voice like there are sounds <laughs> that we associate with things you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like and they're yeah they they have these um sort of phenomenological um aspects to them like you 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 uh, imagine that is like a coat hanger you hang all these other things on top of the sound of someone's voice yeah 
You know, like yeah, like uh, a mother's voice to a baby. I don't know, it's comfort and nurturing or whatever. Or yeah. the opposite, if you have like a, a absolutely terrifying parent, you just like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Thinking about the voice as um, like an object outside of people is interesting as well, right? Like, um, I don't know if you've seen the film The Conversation. I think it's by Francis Ford Coppola. Or uh, um, I haven't. There's a there's a German film called The Lives of Others as well, which was quite popular. Um, and that's about, like, the Stasi. And some guy, like, um, bugs this uh, playwright's house and listens to him all the time and slowly falls in love with him and, um, you know, sort of sacrifices his life uh, working in, like, a prominent position in the Stasi for, um, for this guy to continue living. But it all goes pear-shaped. I mean, I was listening to... Um, something the other day that said, oh, if you like the lives of others, you're like, you don't want to be like secret police or some shit. I was like, no, nah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> that's not true. I like that film and I don't feel that way. I mean, I guess it was just someone making a hot take, but I think, yeah, you know, because in the lives of others, the Stasi in Weimar, Germany, or Weimar, I don't know how, you, how you'd pronounce it, but so the communist side of Germany, um, they, they're just trying to annihilate people. They're trying to annihilate political dissidents and like the playwrights, the playwriters were uh, political dissidents because they were sort of ex- sort of exposing what it looked like inside um, Weimar Germany at the time. Yeah. And so this guy rigs this house up and is listening to him, and what he sort of finds out slowly but surely is like his own life is so empty. And uh, like this this guy through his struggles and through like sort of going against the Stasi. Um, is like it's full and there's something different. There's something, but it's through the voice. Like you can never look at somebody and hear their voice and accept it because he would just be like, "No, you're going to fucking secret jail," you know, or we're, we're putting a bullet in the back of your head or whatever. Yeah. But like to have all that taken away and just hear the voices of people seems to be quite profoundly affecting. You know, it's interesting to think of the voice as an object outside of people, because obviously, like the other thing is like we don't speak our own languages. We get given them by our parents and like the world around us. Mm. You know. Like, it, we're forced when we're babies and we can't, you know, tell our parents or the people or our guardians around us, like, um, you know, I want something or I need something. So we have to adopt their language. So we're always speaking someone else's words, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you divorce it from the body, it's like, I was reading this book, but I think his name's Paolo Virilio or Verno, I can't remember. And he was talking about, like, negation as a super powerful property in, like, because he was talking about, like, people... Uh, the 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 founding of uh, mirror neurons and how they are supposed to like establish a sort of um, universal human rea- relationship. But he's like, oh, well, in Nazi Germany, the Nazis can look at someone who is sitting there crying, starving, impoverished, like all their family killed, and just say, that's not a person. And they're saying mm. about the not that just like totally disconnects them from being people. Mm. And so if you take away all that, but you listen to the voice and you're you're distinct from that. It, Sort of returns to it. I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. This is just this is a this freestyle freestyling thought here, but I no, think, no, I get what you you're know, saying. There's something the same there. Yeah, I guess it, it, that kind of speaks to just like I kind of this is how I f- like think about. I, I'm probably biased because I'm so into like audio and sound and music and stuff mm. like that. You know, because I'm that's just my world. Um, mm. But I feel like hearing as a sense if you could like quantify the senses in terms of their um level of development for a human 
I feel like hearing is like you can't measure the advancement of a sense object like again like sight against hearing like because they're different domains you know sight is concerned mm. with wavelengths of light whereas sound is con- concerned with wavelengths of um like acoustic pressure fluctuations which yeah. are like completely different things in the physical world but so you mm. can't really measure them against each other but what i'm saying is that i just and maybe i'm biased as i say i feel like like hearing and sound or it's our most developed sense in terms of its mm. connection to our survival and people kind of forget how how well developed like hearing is in mm-hmm. our ability to like discern if something is truthful based on like the slight fluctuations in tones of the words yeah. or just things like that there's so much information contained in sound that we're kind of not often not even like consciously aware of and yeah, um, yeah. and i guess yeah oh sorry yeah, oh so no 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 i kind of was um losing track of my my point for a second anyway um <laughs> in relation to what you were saying mm. um i've lost my train of thought no that's okay. I'll continue, and you might get it back. Yeah. That's probably how. That's usually how it works. Um, yeah. I think that like you sort of have to have like a tension between what both of us are saying, right? Like, so uh, I agree biologically that like uh, sight is obviously um, light. Sorry, right? I remember my but point like, now. I remember my point now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? Because what you were saying about if you only heard the sound of the voices, then like it would be harder for the Nazis to kind of like dis. Uh, just like just neg- ambiguate, negate I the guess. existence of those uh, those yeah. people suffering if they were reduced to just the sound of their voices rather than like when they look mm. at them and say like oh that's not a person so it doesn't matter mm. um, based on their sight and the whole sound thing is, is i think that because of like the development and or advancement of our of humans ability to hear and like discern like different amounts of information there's a lot of um truth contained in sound like raw audio like audio like sound of someone suffering it's Mm. it's very innate and and hard to deny and also hard to fake so like if Mm. you recorded yourself like fake crying and like one time if you were really crying and you sent me the audio for i think the audio files i think it would be really difficult for you to convince me like for me to not oh sorry i think i'll probably be able to pick easily the fake one and the real one yeah, and yeah. it's the same I, I in like music, true. like recorded music performance, like vocal performances. Like the vocalist needs to feel what they're saying because that, like that, really does translate to the sound. Whereas you can tell mm. if they're not feeling it, they're not acting it, and, and then it doesn't add that kind of level of um, dynamic to to the the singing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and I think that where these things come in um, is that on top of like a sense of like rays of light, you know, entering into your um, Rods and cones. And an iris or yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and you know like traveling through uh, whatever is connected to your visual cortex and assembling it up there. Um, there's sort of like a subjective. I guess they call it a stain. Like there is something that when you see something that you personally like, it's it's sort of uh, it doesn't you know it doesn't technically light up, but it's like one of those like. There's, it's like a, an arrow is on top of whatever it is that you like. You know what I mean? It's that's not that's not technically true. Like a video true. game thing, like like in yeah, game where the yeah. door handle lights up, like to show you where yeah. to go. Yeah, like obviously it doesn't, but there is some sort of subjective relationship with yeah, your sh- sight when yeah. you look at things that you like. And, and like I think that's ideology the same with related, sound. as in like if you want if you're lusting for a new car and you see an ad on t- and it's just like it lights up more than 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go down to the car lot and you see the one. You're like, oh, that's the one. Well, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, I just like it's it. It's speaking you know? like, to me like through the ether. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think um, the voice and you know sound itself has um, a stain like that as well. I think that you hear because obviously like there's a thousand different music tastes, there's a thousand different like sounds that are good or bad, pleasurable or not. You know, like people like ASMR. But some people hate it, you know, like, yeah. and that, that has something, yeah. No, I get what you mean. That definitely does happen with yeah. sound. Like, for example, especially, it's like a timbre-related thing. So, obviously, and it kind of separates, like, music, i.e., because music is sort of sound with, like, a, a story-length time component. Like, being just trying to define it really vaguely, but, like, music is usually at least, like, two bars for it to be considered mm. music. Um, mm. Whereas sound can be just a very quick timbre, so there's no change. Like it could just be like, you know, like a one-second timbre. It's only one tone, but that you can vary the timbre in a lot of different ways to make someone feel mm. a different thing. So like a warm sound, like you know, you would you would uh, low-pass filter it. You would cut off some high frequency to make what's considered like a warm sound. You could give the sensation of like a nice muffled warm sound or you could have like a very quick stab screech sound and like it's not music but it does like speak to the ability of um yeah like timbre to have an effect on you yeah it has an expression um and and, and sorry to same... have that that light up effect like you're saying so it's just like if you you know you can hear one second of a nice like of someone else's voice that you really like and it has that mm. light up effect or like your name for example being like yeah. one second anyone's name roughly one second or less to say and and it, it lights up when people say it you know yeah and i mean like um you know the same could be asked about like singing in opera versus i don't know like metal deathcore like growling or something like that like does what is what's the deal with that like why did those sounds like extreme on either end of spectrum uh, what does that do to people and how do they relate to that? You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Obviously, bringing it back, back, back to metal. Um, what else? What, what, what are, surely you've got some... Some hot takes? <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's no some, hot takes Some possible. sincere thoughts, hot takes. Um, yeah, I, I liked that they do their like morning dance. I thought that it was just like, you know, a really sweet thing to do, like... It would be hard work. Like you must, you must have to be in a really good relationship to be in a band, a two-piece band with like your partner, and live mm. in a in an RV with them. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, and like obviously you do all your recording and stuff there as well. Like, it's yeah. We had his drum set and stuff. It was quite an idyllic little um, little house, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah. I, I certainly like watched them and was like, oh, I'd, I'd like to do that, I think. That'd oh, be yeah, nice. <laughs> well, they, they made it look, you know, like, so awesome. And, and then, yeah, and mm. then, like, the, you know, the, the thunder strikes, basically, when he, and then, yeah, when the, the problems begin, kind of the contrast mm. quite quickly. Mm. And obviously, she had her own, um, her own problems that she was struggling with as well. So, yeah. I, I guess they came together um, in that sort of mutual relationship between, like, oh, we're saving each other. Because we're both um, pulling each other out of the situations that we're in, and that's another reason, I guess, why like um, Ruben really held on to it. Like, no, I'm definitely going to get back to her. Like, we're going to continue playing, and we're going to. 
Because, like, giving in and accepting this, his new life is saying goodbye to all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the previous sort of symbolic coordinates of his life are to- turned totally upside down. Yeah, I thought the um all the relationship parts of the movie like were really well done in that, you know, I don't really enjoy romantic dramas that much, but like the sadder <laughs> <love> parts were, <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't mind them, like but the sadder parts of this were done really like they were really sad, man. Like I, you know, it mm. really like the I could feel a lot of emotion based from the film and I'm normally I'm, you know, not really that emotionally invested in in films, you know, or especially mm. sad films. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, um, you know, and this is a bit of a cliche, but, like, when uh, they break up, nothing's said, you know? The, everything they said is um, unsaid. When, do you mean when they break up, like, in the bed in France, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, they're just, like, they're just kind of just, like, yeah, it's over, you know, I know... It's like a... You know, it's, we it's, don't have to... it's just a, it's a mutual understanding. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting that they didn't have to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, so the, obviously the other thing about hearing is like what isn't said is part of hearing as well, right? Mm. You know. So he, yeah. So I thought that was there's a couple of little um, threads in this film that are very uh, quite remarkable. I thought. Yeah. So you mean that they like the kind of what is could be seen as the largest occurrence in the film required no dialogue to yeah, reach that yeah, understanding like, um, between them. It's, you know, like the most yeah. moving sort of portion for both of them, a breakup, you know, to like, for for example, logistically, if they've got to go somewhere, like, you know, they, they have to organize their plan to get to the um, community mm. and stuff uh, once, you know, that, so and that involves communication between them. You know, they first start communicating with the paper and, you know, he gets frustrated mm. when she's not writing it down. And yeah. yeah, to your point, like, um, but then just to, to break up, not yeah. no communication required. Yeah, because I guess like well, Lacan no, no verbal says communication, that. Like, sorry. Mm, yeah, I mean Lacan says that like the scream needs the silence. You know, like the, if there was a scream without it piercing anything, <laughs> that really wouldn't be a scream. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. There, there's there's as much context in the thing. That, yeah, uh, well, is behind yeah, that's right. The... Yeah, I mean, yeah, sound requires fluctuation. Like it requires mm. dynamics to. Yeah, if if, <laughs> if the normal ground of sound was like a background drone. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, like, if, well, I think about. It. I wonder if you could get used to hearing. I think. Okay, this is back to what we're talking about as well. Like a background drone. Say you'd been born mm. with a background, like background traffic noise from birth. Mm no change in volume if you say it's the same inside for whatever like weird sci-fi reason you would probably be like you'd get to say and and that's just normal for everyone and you reach like in this dystopian world you reach like the age of like 25 i feel like you would probably just be really dumb for a 25 year old from having that (laughs) drone like inhibit your development and that's and then like imagine if it was switched off after like your entire life Yeah, I mean, potentially, who knows? Like, you could just be 
you know, like, for all intents and purposes, normal. Like, yeah, and you might start, you might off, get, like, like extreme damn, anxiety like... without the drone if it was switched off. Mm. It's like um, that yeah, case yeah. with that, who was that, that crazy, that dad that, like, kept his daughters locked in the basement. Um, Joseph Fritzl. That guy. Yeah, it's like that. Mm. It's like, yeah. because when they finally got out, they have, like, serious mm. issues adapting to everyday life. Like, mm. they have, like, you know, random um, fears of, like, really odd things, mm. like, you know, lights in rooms and door frames and stuff like that, um, or doors, I think. Mm. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's it's certainly like um, so. It might be like that. Totally, totally changes the way that you like make sense of the world. I think, um, I think I interpreted it more almost like uh, you know, in art, with like you have negative space, mm. um, and that sort of brings into relief what the thing you're supposed to be looking at is. It's kind of like that, right? Like you need the negative space in language to have the language as well. Like you can understand. What someone's saying, like you know, you can sort of understand what someone's saying by what they're not saying as well. Like you kind of can think of intentions or meanings that relate to the thing that isn't said as well. Hmm. Or you can maybe like uh, you can't know, but maybe you can infer maybe what they're thinking about or how they might be feeling. Hmm. Yeah, so it's important to have the um, so negative space isn't just emptiness; it it structures the thing, the space itself, the positive space, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Trippy, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you're you're Six you're seven. certainly right. Um, there was, yeah. you know, do you ever watch that YouTube channel, um, Kursasagd or whatever? K U R S E. It does like crazy animations. It's like all existential stuff. I don't think so. No. Kursasagd. Kursgard. Kursgard. You don't know it? Oh, they just they did an no, episode on like um the observable universe and they were kind of theorizing how like there's parts of like there's parts too far away that we'll never um be able to visit and and that's that's receding. So it's like that more of the um universe that we have a chance to actually ever visit um is like receding beyond this event horizon as the universe expands. Are you looking for the channel? Yeah. That, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Can you oh. explain that again? Um, I'm, I'm trying to find, yeah. Can you, you send it to me, channel? actually? Yeah, I'll send it to you. But, I, I mean, I think I've explained it well enough um, if anyone were listening and trying to... Yeah, I still want to just... Um, do you want to see it now? I still want to see what it is. Just, just send it to me on chat or whatever. But do you want to see but, it now um, or after? Is that what you're saying? Do you want to watch it yeah. now for the purpose of discussion yeah. or after? Oh, after, after, yeah. after. Um, yeah, but I was saying after. about that. I guess yeah. I was just trying to link it back in a really like <laughs> after trippy ass way. Um, that the <laughs> the contrast you're talking about between sound and not sound is like what I was thinking about that in relation to um, observable universe mm. and black hole or whatever this event horizon of the universe so it's like there's black holes in the universe but then also like you can think of the outer region that we will never reach is also kind of like a black hole mm, yeah yeah of course because like it can it constitutes the other thing right like you kind of have to have the not thing for it to be a thing right <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you have to have the outsides of the universe for the universe to have any inside, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just such a rudimentary point, but it also is interesting uh, in a weird way. It's just like, oh, duh, you need to not have a thing to have a thing. But it's like, it, it's, there's something there, even though it's like such a basic, like, philosophical but, statement. I think there that, is something to I it. I think it is... Well, it's, it's also, I guess, like a basic sort of... Um, mathematical statement to a certain degree like uh like geometric space but um yeah i think people forget about it and i think it's quite important to always think like to always uh make sense of that like the, what is the thing that isn't there that structures the thing that is there you know yeah the channel um, is, you know like, um... what is the object that stru- that structures the other object yeah the channel is because cur- Kurzgesagt, in a nutshell, is what they title it. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I think it's a German word that means in a nutshell. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll send it to you later. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I would I would like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What what, what else? What, what else do you... What else are you thinking? I'm getting hungry. I'm getting. Yeah, it's getting to dinner time. No, you can, <laughs> mate. You, so I'm just. Um, yeah, no. I'm. I, <laughs> we can end whenever. I mean, I was actually thinking today. I was like, yeah, we should really try to make the episodes more like twenty minutes or so, because it's just like I, you know, most other podcasts are like. Oh, okay. No, it doesn't matter. Like, I just mean like I was more thinking like, oh, are we really gonna have like that much to talk <laughs> about on this film? Like, oh, we'll just aim for ten minutes. That'll be fine. We've been going for like, yeah, fucking hour. <laughs> Just rambling. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's good. You need the ramble. The ramble is necessary. You, you you find the whatever the kernel of what you were trying to say is in the ramble. It's somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you gotta listen I, to the I whole hour we, if you really just, want to get the kernel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess yeah. This is as good a time as any to yeah. To well, end it. The internet what, started um, to shit what, itself. What so there's heaps of latency but um i thought it was it was banging oh, it, it okay. was just a good wholesome oh. film and that seems to be somewhat of a rarity um yeah. these uh, i don't know i sound like such a broken record like there's no good films anymore but like i guess you know there's just a lot of bad films um there's still <laughs> plenty of good ones but like i just i find them hard to find um i came across this because of a youtuber called uh yeah. thomas yeah, Flight. I mean, this, he's like a film yeah. reviewer and um he was talking about the sound design and right. yeah, he had a really good I, review. What were your thoughts? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's well, it's hard to. Uh, I I think I I agree that you don't find too many films like this that emerge into the popular film realm, because usually the popular films are dominated by like Godzilla or Marvel or some shit. Um, and it's good to see that every so often, like a film, an independent film. Well, I don't know how independent it was, but it, it certainly seems that way. Um, sort of emerges out of the the glass ceiling, I guess, of like big money Hollywood. Um, yeah, I think it I think it's pretty amazing. I think um, I don't think I've seen a film like this before, like something that deals with this. Like I think again, like I go back to that scene at the dinner table. I think that's the scene. I think if you wanted to like write on it, I think you would be writing about that scene. I would certainly be writing about that scene. I mm. think that's that's the thing that threw everything into relief for me. I was just like, oh, what the... How can so much be going on with almost no sound? You know what I mean? Like, the the absence of the voice is 
crazy. But it's also it was it was a brilliant moment. Fantastic. That's that's the scene for me. Yeah, I mean, it was just good. The the movie was good because it like it was novel in the way that it perspectivizes certain things, and it was so good at painting that kind of like um, subjective or contrasting. Ruben's subjective and objective experience with the objective experience being like, this is what it would be like if you could hear and you were in this physical environment. And then it's like, but this is what it's like from his deaf perspective. Like, it's just, mm. that's the most clear version of that that um, I, I've ever had, like, in some, in a piece of media. I mean, I've, I guess I've never really tried to imagine mm. what it's like to be... Like, I've never been in a, you know, public environment being like, hmm, I wonder what it'd be like if I was deaf. I've never done that until... And then the film kind of does that for you. So, like, mm. really nailed that, like, perspectivization. Yeah, and I guess you can't... Hmm, and I guess you can never do that, you know. You can certainly, like, attempt to put yourself in the position of someone who is going deaf or is deaf, but I don't think you'll ever be able to experience it unless you, that happens to you. I think... Ultimately, if this film starts to get like, um, you know, sign language into like the public public mind, if that becomes actual like thing that everyone starts doing, I think that's a good thing. Like, I think, I think certainly like, um, and this goes for like uh, disabilities, whatever they might be. Um, that the, it needs to be re- people need to be reminded that this like the world isn't just like everyone that you see that's like you know, I don't know, fine and, like, can go anywhere they want and do whatever they want isn't, like, really struggling with something like this that takes them out of, I don't know, the normal mainstream world, whatever you want to call it, the sort of a white patriarchal hegemonic world. Um, needs to, people need to be reminded that, yeah, there is more outside this and that these people um, should be brought back within. Like, the, the world should be made for everybody. 